Everyone in the world has gone to bed one night or another with fear or pain or loss or disappointment. And yet each of us has awakened, arisen, uh, somehow made our ablution, seen other human beings, and said, Morning, how are you? Fine, thanks in you. It's amazing. Wherever that abides in the human being, there is the nobleness of the human spirit, despite it all, black and white. Asian, Spanish, Native American, pretty, plain, thin, fat, vowed or celibate, we rise. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Just because I walk as if I have oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like suns and like moons with the certainty of tides. Just like hope springing high. Still I rise. Did you want to see me broken? Bowed head and lowered eyes. Shoulders falling down like teardrops. Weakened by my soulful cries. Does my sassiness upset you? <laughs> Don't take it so hard just because I laugh. <laughs> As if I have gold mines digging in my own backyard. You can shoot me with your words. You can cut me with your lies. You can kill me with your hatefulness. But just like life, I'll rise. Does my sexiness offend you? Oh, does it come as a surprise that I dance? as if I have diamonds at the meeting of my thighs. Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past rooted in pain, I rise. A black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling, I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak miraculously clear, I rise bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave. I am the hope and the dream of the slave. And so, naturally, there I go rising. Welcome to the underworld. I love America. It's been my home all my life. Ladies and gentlemen, the very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. In America, watch you and attract your every move. They're even putting poison in your food. In America, people occupy to see the truth. But it's too late, and there's nothing we can do. I love America. It's been my home all my life. If you don't know the past, you're only doomed to repeat it. Welcome to Public Access America. 
This is your history. This is your this country. Is your this country. is America. Join us in listening to some of history's America's best speeches. Created by Jarcodes Productions. Go back in, Go time, back in with time with us, with us. Right, now right now on Public, Public Access, Access America. America. Put a rainbow in the clouds. Imagine that. Imagine Wake Forest actually being a rainbow in the clouds. There are some men and women who are here as students who represent the only person in their family who has actually entered an institution of higher education. That's, that's shred from a 19th century folk song, spiritual gospel, was of course inspired by a statement in Genesis. We are told in Genesis that rain persisted so unrelentingly that people thought it would never cease. And in an attempt to put the people at ease, God put a rainbow in the sky. That's in Genesis. However, in the 19th century, some African-American nurses, a poet, probably a woman, I'm not sure about that, said, no, God didn't just put the rainbow in the sky. We know that suns and moons and stars and all sorts of illuminations are always in the firmament. However, rain can so persist and clouds can so persist, can so loom that the viewer cannot see any possibility of hope. Can you imagine 50 years ago? Can you imagine 100 years ago? My great-grandparents would never have imagined that I would be a speaker at Wake Forest. Then, in fact, I would be the Reynolds professor at Wake Forest. That I would have, uh, that I would teach in so many disciplines. I had been a, a mute from the time I was seven until I was 13. I didn't speak except to my brother. And uh, my grandmother used to braid my hair the way old black ladies still braid girls' hair. I'd sit on the floor on a pillow. She'd sit down. And then she'd bend her hand like that and put, put it behind my neck because my hair was very big and very curly. And she'd put her hand like that. And she'd say, sister, so she wouldn't break my neck by accident. She'd say, so sister, mama don't care these people say you must be an idiot, you must be a moron because you can't talk. Sister, mama don't care. Mama know when you and the good Lord get ready, you're going to be a teacher. Sister, you're going to teach all over this world. I used to sit there and think, this poor ignorant woman. <laughs> Doesn't she know I will never speak? She was one of my rainbows. Each of us has a rainbow in the clouds. And the fantastic, most wonderful piece of news is each of us has the possibility of being a rainbow in somebody's cloud. Isn't that amazing? Somebody you don't even know, whose complexion might not jive with yours, who, who may eat different foods or the same foods prepared differently. Somebody, if you simply say, morning, there are people who you don't know. That person may have just hung up the phone from uh, having a secretary or a nurse saying, uh, Miss Jones, I'm sorry to tell you, but the doctor, I mean, the radiologists are not all that happy with your x-rays. And when you come back in, 
you have no idea. You've just spoken to someone. And for a second, you've lifted somebody's spirit. The person may say, oh, who is that? Does she work in my building? She go to my church? Who is that? But for a minute, you've lifted somebody's spirit. You may have, she may have just hung up, hung up the phone from someone saying, listen, we're downsizing. And uh, actually, your, your job has been deleted and uh, we need you to come in and get your belongings. And you say, hi, morning. For a moment, you've lifted up someone. There's a statement I would like you to remember. The statement is, homo sum, humani nil ame alienum puto. I am a human being. Nothing human can be alien to me. Now when you look in your encyclopedia, under Terence with one R, you will find beside his name in italics, Terentius Affer. He was an African, a slave, sold to a Roman senator. He was freed by that senator and became the most popular playwright in Rome. Five of his plays in that one statement have come down to us from 154 BC. Imagine it. Just imagine it. You, born free, you, are able to walk, able to talk, able to see, my goodness, able to hear. Just look at you, how much you have, how much you will give somebody. It's a wonderful, I couldn't say no when it was even suggested that I came over to Wake Forest and, and talk to you. I was hoping to see people lined up all down the street. Really, but then never mind. Tell your friends what I said, please. I am a human being. Nothing human can be alien to me. It's a liberating phrase. And so is the idea that you have the possibility and the probability of being a rainbow in somebody's cloud. After I had written the inaugural poem for President Clinton, United Nations people called and asked me, wrote to me and asked me, if I would write a, a poem for the 50th anniversary of United Nations. It's amazing. I, I trembled to hear that because, uh, and then would I come to California, to San Francisco, and deliver the poem? I, 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 I remembered being 16 years old when, when uh, United Nations was formed. 16, I was six foot tall. I was black even then. <laughs> and I, I, would, I read in the newspapers, the San Francisco Chronicle, the Examiner, and the Call Bulletin, I read that uh, simultaneous translators could be paid $150 a week. Imagine, $150, there wasn't that much money in the world. So, and I knew, although I had been uh, a mute, I knew I had a penchant for languages. I knew it. And I thought if I wasn't black and six foot tall and, and, uh, and really uh, un 
uneducated and, and all that, I could go and I could learn all those languages. I could go in that building. If I wasn't just six foot tall, black, female, pregnant and unmarried. Can you imagine how it felt to me when the people asked me would I come? Would I write a poem and deliver it to the heads of state of the world? Can you imagine? I couldn't have done it had I not had rainbows in my clouds. Absolutely impossible. So many people, uh, Ed Wilson is one, Tom Mullen is one, Elizabeth Phillips and Ava Rotfeet are two. People who've been white, black, fat, thin, pretty, plain, gay, straight, all of them, have been rainbows in my clouds. Look at uh, Jay Lawson around here. He's helped me on this stage for many, many years. And when I had questions about my voice, he said, I can get the microphone up closer. Amazing. So if you look beside you, you might see a rainbow. You may have no idea. In fact, when you look in the mirror, you'll see a rainbow. This is a poem, the poem I wrote for United Nations. And I'm going to ask um, maybe one of my friends here to put it on the, on the uh, Wake Forest website. I'd like you to have it. And if, when you have it, make copies and give it around, please. We, this people on a small and lonely planet, traveling through casual space, past aloof stars, across the way of indifferent suns, to a destination where all signs tell us it is possible and imperative that we learn a brave and startling truth. And when we come to it, to the day of peacemaking, when we release our fingers from fists of hostility and allow the pure air to cool our palms, when we come to it, when the curtain falls on the minstrel show of eight, and faces sooted with scorn are scrubbed clean. When battlefields and coliseum no longer rake our unique and particular sons and daughters up from the bruised and bloody grass to lay them in identical plots in foreign soil. When the screaming racket in the temples have ceased, when the pennants are waving gaily in the world, when the banners tremble stoutly in a good clean breeze, when we come to it, it's amazing what we can do. But then we must confess that, not, that when children's dreams are not kicked awake by nightmares of abuse, then we will confess that not the pyramids with their stones set in mysterious perfection, nor the gardens of Babylon hanging as eternal beauty in our collective memory, not the Grand Canyon kindled into delicious color by western sunsets, nor the Danube flowing its blue soul into Europe, not the sacred peak of Mount Fuji stretching to the rising sun, 
neither Father Amazon nor Mother Mississippi, who without favor nurture all creatures in their depth and on their shores. Those are not the only wonders of the world. When we come to it, we, this people, on this minuscule and kithless globe, who reach daily for the bomb, the blade, the dagger, yet who petition in the dark for tokens of peace. We, this people, on this mote of matter, in whose mouths abide cankerous words which challenge our very existence, yet out of those same mouths can come songs of such exquisite sweetness that the heart falters in its labor and the back is quieted into all. We, this people on this small and drifting planet whose hands can strike with such abandon that in a twinkling, life is stripped from the living. Yet those same hands can touch with such healing, irresistible tenderness that the haughty neck is happy to bow, the proud back is glad to bend. Of such chaos, of such contradiction, we learn we are neither devils nor divines. When we come to it, we, this people, on this wayward floating body, created on this earth, of this earth, have the power to fashion for this earth a climate where every man and every woman can live freely without sanctimonious piety, without crippling fear. When we come to it, we must confess that we are the possible. We are the miraculous. We, here at Wake Forest University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, on October the 18th, we are the true wonder of this world. That is when and only when we come to it. When it looks like the sun won't shine anymore, when one of us or two of us, or all of us can say, I am willing to be a rainbow in somebody's cloud. Thank you. If I think of my life as a class and what I've really learned, I've learned a few things. First, I'm, I'm aware that I'm a child of God. It's such a, an amazing understanding to think that the it, which made fleas and mountains and rivers and stars, made me. What I pray for is humility, to know that there is something greater than I. Then I have to know that the brute the bigot and the batterer are all children of God, whether they know it or not. And I'm supposed to treat them accordingly. And, and it's hard, and I blow it all the time. <laughs> I'd like everybody to think of a statement by Terence the statement is, I am a human being. Nothing human can be alien to me. 
if you can internalize at least portion of that, you will never be able to say of, a, of an act, a criminal act, or oh, I couldn't do that. No matter how heinous the crime, if a human being did it, you have to say, I have in me all the components that are in her or in him. I intend to use my energies constructively as opposed to destructively. If you can do that about the negative, just think what you can do about the positive. If a human being dreams a great dream, dares to love somebody, if a human being dares to be Martin King or Mahatma Gandhi or Mother Teresa or Malcolm X, if a human being dares to be bigger than the condition into which she or he was born, it means so can you. And so you can try to stretch, stretch, stretch yourself. So you can internalize I am a human being. Nothing human can be alien to me. That's one thing I'm learning. Mr. President and Mrs. Clinton, Mr. Vice President and Mrs. Goa, and Americans everywhere. A rock, a river, a tree, hosts to species long since departed, marked the mastodon, the dinosaur, who left dry tokens of their sojourn here on our planet floor. Any broad alarm of their hastening doom is lost in the gloom of dust and ages. But today, the rock cries out to us, clearly, forcefully, come, you may stand upon my back and face your distant destiny, but seek no haven in my shadow. I will give you no hiding place down here. You, created only a little lower than the angels, have crouched too long in the bruising darkness, have lain too long face down in ignorance, your mouths spilling words armed for slaughter. The rock cries out to us today, you may stand upon me, but do not hide your face. Across the wall of the world, a river sings a beautiful song, it says, come, rest here by my side. Each of you, a bordered country, delicate and strangely made, proud, yet thrusting perpetually under siege. Your armed struggles for profit have left collars of waste upon my shore, currents of debris upon my breast. Yet today, I call you to my riverside. If you will study war no more. Come, clad in peace, and I will sing the songs the Creator gave to me when I and the tree and the rock were one, before cynicism was a bloody seer across your brow, and when you yet knew, you still knew nothing. 
the river sang and sings on. There is a true yearning to respond to the singing river and the wise rock. So say the Asian, the Hispanic, the Jew, the African, the Native American, the Sioux, the Catholic, the Muslim, the French, the Greek, the Irish, the rabbi, the priest, the sheik, the gay, the straight, the preacher, the privileged, the homeless, the teacher, they all hear the speaking of the tree. They hear the first and last of every tree speak to humankind today. Come to me here beside the river. Plant yourself beside the river. Each of you, descendant of some past on traveler, has been paid for. You who gave me my first name. You, Pawnee, Apache, Seneca. You, Cherokee Nation, who rested with me, then forced on bloody feet, left me to the employment of other seekers, desperate for gain, starving for gold. You, the Turk, the Arab, the Swede, the German, the Eskimo, the Scot, you, the Ashanti, the Yoruba, the crew, bought, sold, stolen, arriving on a nightmare, praying for a dream. Here, root yourselves beside me. I am that tree planted by the river which will not be moved. I, the rock, I, the river, I, the tree, I am yours. Your passages have been paid. Lift up your faces. You have a piercing need for this bright morning dawning for you. History, despite its wrenching pain, cannot be unlived. But if faced with courage, need not be lived again. Lift up your eyes upon this day breaking for you. Give birth again to the dream. Women, children, men, take it into the palms of your hands. Mold it into the shape of your most private need. Sculpt it into the image of your most public self. Lift up your heart. Each new hour holds new chances for new beginnings. Do not be wedded forever to fear, yoked eternally to brutishness. The horizon leans forward, offering you space to place new steps of change. Here, on the pulse of this fine day, you may have the courage to look up and out and upon me, the rock, the river, the tree, your country, no less to Midas than the mendicant, no less to you now than the mastodon then. Here, on the pulse of this new day, you may have the grace to look up and out and into your sister's eyes and into your brother's face, your country, and say simply, very simply, with hope, good morning. To look at love, though, all the versions of love, there is the, the need to see, um, well, love for what might seem to be unlovable. You all know that uh, black Americans for centuries were obliged to laugh when they weren't tickled and to scratch when they didn't itch. And those gestures have come down to us as Uncle Tommy. However, I believe people live in direct relation to the heroes and sheroes they have. Always and in all ways. And I don't think we often enough stop to wonder, how did that black man feel when his throat would start to ache 
and every person in this auditorium knows that feeling. When you must cry, but you won't, and you hold yourself, and then these muscles get sore. Each time that black man had to say, yes, sir, boss, you're right, I must be stupid, yes, sir. So he could make enough money so he could go home and feed somebody. Or that black woman who said, no, ma'am, Miss Ann, you didn't hurt me when you slapped me. I ain't tender hard. It sure ain't, no, ma'am. So she could make enough money so she could go home and send somebody to school. I think that we live in direct relation to the heroes and sheroes we have. And sometime at some place inside our hearts, we've got to say thank you. Because I don't know about any of you, but I wouldn't be here this evening had those people not been successful in the humiliating employment of those humiliating ploys. Yes, sir. So, so, I honor them, and in honoring them, I honor all our ancestors who tried to stay alive and be somebody so that we could be here this evening and try to accept that we've been loved, each of us, maybe by somebody three generations ago who never even thought what name you would carry, that they paid for you already. To look at that condition, I wrote a poem about a woman who is a maid in New York City. She sits at the back of the bus with two shopping bags, black. If the bus stops abruptly, she says, ah, <laughs> if it stops slowly, <laughs> picks up somebody, <laughs> misses somebody. <laughs> I watched her for about nine months. And I thought, if you don't know black features, you may think that woman is laughing. She wasn't laughing. She was simply extending her lips and making a sound. <laughs> I thought, oh, I see. That's that survival apparatus at work. So I wrote a poem for her. I use it with Mr. Paul Lawrence Dunbar's poem, Mask, and my own poem for old black men. This is love. When I think about myself, <laughs> I almost laugh myself to death. <laughs> my life has been one great big joke, a dance that's walked, a song that spoke. <laughs> I laugh so hard, I nearly choke when I think about myself. 70 years in these folks' world, the child I works for calls me girl. I say, <laughs> yes, ma'am, for working's sake. I'm too proud to bend and too pole to break. So <laughs> I laugh until my stomach ache when I think about myself. My folks can make me split my side. I laughed so hard, I nearly died. <laughs> the tales they tell sound just like lying. They grow the fruit, I eat the rind. 
and laugh <laughs> until I started crying when I think about myself and my folks <laughs> and the little children. But we wear the mask that grins and lies. It shades our cheeks and hides our eyes. This debt we pay to human guile. With torn and bleeding hearts, we smile and mouth with myriad subtleties. Why should the world be overwise in counting all our tears and sighs? Nay, let them only see us while we wear the mask. We smile, but oh my God, our tears to thee from tortured souls arise. <laughs> oh, we sing, hey, baby, hey, baby, hey, baby, hey, baby. But oh, the clay is vile beneath our feet. And long the mile. <laughs> Let the world think otherwise. We wear the mask. My fathers sit on benches. Their flesh count every plank. The slats leave dents of darkness deep in their withered flank, and they nod like broken candles, all waxed and burnt profound. They say, but baby, it was our submission, and that made your world go round. There, in those pleated faces, I see the auction block, the chains and slavery's coffles, the whip and lash and stock. My father speaking voices that shred my fact and sound. They say, but sugar, it was our submission that made your world go round. They laughed to shield their crying. They uh, shuffled through their dreams. They step and fetched a country and wrote the blues in screams. I understand their meaning. It could and did derive from living on the ledge of death. They kept my race alive by wearing the mask. That too is love, Leslie. That is love. When any human being is willing to allow herself or himself to be seen at the most debased level, most demeaned, most dehumanized level, thinking that by doing so, he or she can assure the survival of yet another human being, that is love. Howbeit bitter, brutal, Painful. That too is love. Ladies and gentlemen, Maya Angelou.
President Clinton, all presidents, all excellencies, all friends, I wrote this piece for every human being on earth. We, this people, on a small and lonely planet, traveling through casual space, past aloof stars, across the way of indifferent suns, to a destination where all signs tell us it is possible and imperative that we discover a brave and startling truth. And when we come to it, to the day of peacemaking, when we release our fingers from fists of hostility and allow the pure air to cool our palms, when we come to it, when the curtain falls on the minstrel show of hate and faces sooted with scorn are scrubbed clean, when battlefields and Colosseum no longer rake our unique and particular sons and daughters up with the bruised and bloody grass to lie in identical plots in foreign lands, when the rapacious storming of the churches, the screaming racket in the temples have ceased, when the pennants are waving gaily, when the banners of the world tremble stoutly in the good, clean breeze, when we come to it, when we let the rifles fall from our shoulders and children dress their dolls in flags of truce, when landmines of death have been removed and the aged may walk into evenings of peace, when the religious ritual is not perfumed by the incense of burning flesh and childhood dreams are not kicked awake by nightmares of abuse. When we come to it, then we will confess that not the pyramids with their stones set in mysterious perfection, not the garden of Babylon hanging as eternal beauty in our collective memory, not the Grand Canyon kindled into delicious color by Western sunset, nor the Danube flowing its blue soul into Europe, not the sacred peak of Mount Fuji stretching to the rising sun, neither Father Amazon nor Mother Mississippi, who without favor nurture all creatures in the depths and on the shores. These are not the only wonders of the world. When we come to it, we, this people, on this minuscule and kithless globe, who reach daily for the bomb, the blade, the dagger, yet who petition in the dark for tokens of peace. We, this people, on this moat of matter, in whose mouths abide cankerous words which challenge our existence, yet out of those same mouths can come songs of such exquisite sweetness that the heart falters in its labor and the body is quieted into awe. We, this people, on this small and drifting planet, whose hands can strike with such abandon that in a twinkling, life is sapped from the living. Yet those same hands can touch with such healing, irresistible tenderness that the haughty neck 
is happy to bow, and the proud back is glad to bend. Out of such chaos, of such contradiction, we learn that we are neither devils nor divines. When we come to it, we, this people, on this wayward floating body, created on this earth, of this earth, have the power to fashion for this earth a climate where every man and every woman can live freely without sanctimonious piety and without crippling fear. When we come to it, we must confess that we are the possible. We are the miraculous, the true wonder of this world. That is when, and only when, we come to it. therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.